cool because it is hot outside. Here in Louisiana, is hit over 103 for like two weeks straight. Our ground is so dry. It's like, it, it literally feels like cement. I'm actually very concerned. Um, we're going to be talking about the housing market and how it hits a record of over 47 million. But I also want to like put out this like little feeler for, for anybody that lives along the uh, uh, along a coastline that happens to get current hurricanes. Now is the time to prepare. Like anytime that you know a hurricane comes, that's not the time to start getting like your supplies. If you need batteries, candles, uh, you know, little makeshift air conditioning unit, anything like that, get it now because when a hurricane is coming, it's almost too late, and then you waste your time. So I was just thinking about this today as I walked outside and I'm thinking about how hot the water is in the Gulf and around uh, Florida right now. It's like the hottest it's ever been in history. Um, I don't think it's unwise to uh, think of this as kind of like your your warning call, like go ahead and get your, your canned goods, you know, load up on your uh, uh, propane for your gas and... Uh, and get prepared for your hurricanes now, because uh, I mean, nothing's off the Gulf Coast or anything like that now, but it always seems to me, it always happens in late August, early September, even at the beginning of October, that's where we get the most amount of hurricanes. So I just wanted mm -hmm. to put that out there before we started talking about the housing market, because anybody that owns, even if you don't own, if you're renting, you wanna be prepared ahead of time, because it's the worst is the worst to be without electricity. But if you're prepared, it doesn't feel so bad. Little another helpful hit, if you have kids, and of course you don't want them running around with freaking candles and stuff like that, go to Home Depot and get yourself some of those um, glow sticks. You know, like the they have these like really super bright glow sticks. Oh, nothing will make a kid happier than running around the house to go to the bathroom with a glow stick. You know, like, look at me. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. All right. We're going to be talking about how the housing market is in a record valuation of 40, over $47 million. And uh, for the longest time, we've been talking about how home prices basically stayed stagnant for a long period of time. And now they're continuing to inch up once again. And we all know, because if you watch this show for a hot minute, you know, we just do not have enough supply of homes on the market. The thing that I've been kind of keeping track of and what's starting to concern me, even though the home prices continue to go up, is that there's so many people in extended credit card debt. Like they are not earning enough money to live their life. So now they're putting a lot of their life on credit cards. Interest rates on credit cards are extremely high. This is out of like desperation because they're just not making enough money financially to support their, their life. And so they're putting it on their credit cards. If they continue to go down this road, what's going to happen is they're going to be extended out to the point where they're going to look for other ways to start paying down their debt. And what will they'll do is they'll remortgage their house. Even at a higher interest rate, it's out of desperation because they're going to want to pay down that debt and they're going to try to want to float above water. So they'll take out a, a loan, again, either a home equity line of credit or they'll take out a like second mortgage or they'll just refinance their house, even though it's at a higher interest rate, at least they'll be out of credit card debt. And uh, significantly, this could cause a problem years down the road. We never know what's gonna be the catalyst that breaks the housing markets back at this point. There, there's a million predictions, 
but it's always going to come down to the desperation of the people that currently own the homes because we do not have enough supply of homes. And in order to get out of this mess, they're going to have to sell them. So only way for them to sell them is to go ahead and bring down the interest rates again. And if they did that, that's still going to make home prices go up. If they're going to go down, the only way they go down is if you have a, enough desperate sellers that will take a big loss. So on that note, let's talk about these articles. <laughs> so that, I mean, I keep saying that the only thing that would make the housing market drop is a um, significant shift in the, um, in the, um, Oh God, I can't even think. My brain is fried. I was in New York yesterday. And so I, I arrived in New York early morning and then left late evening. So now I'm like so tired. <laughs> but um, if the jobs market starts to tank, then we're going to see home prices tank because people can't afford to live in a house if they can't don't have a job. But in the meantime, all right, Eddie, go ahead and throw up that article for the first week. Yep. Uh, so yes, prime rate has gone up multiple times this year and the credit card interest is way up. That is correct. So will, Morgan Stanley says, uh, will home prices go down? Morgan Stanley is giving it a 20, 2024 prediction. Uh, the other, other article is the one I wanted to talk about first, because that was the one that we, that talked about the 47 trillion, or maybe it was this article. Oh. Who knows? I this is what happens when you work it on a Saturday all day long. You don't you forget what you were supposed to do on Sunday. <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. Yep. The US housing market hits the record value of 47 trillion as inventory shortage fuels the price boom. So, yes, as you know, home prices are still continuing to go up, even though the housing crash bros predicted it would be crashing by this time. Uh, so the, uh, the surpass uh the U.S. housing market just reached a new high at all-time valuation of $47 trillion, according to Redfin. It surpasses the previous record of $46.6 trillion set a year earlier. Low inventory has pushed homes up, according to Redfin, another 90 million U.S. residents. Uh, la, 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 la. I hate all the ads. You guys are going to start seeing a lot more ads being dished out to us, too, Real. Uh, all right, so tight inventory in the U.S. has helped push its total valuation to an all-time record high in June, according to Redfin. That beats the prior set record of 46 trillion. The report said the shortage of homes has brought, propped, it, propped up housing values based on Redfin's estimate on the 90 million of U.S. residential properties. The value of the U.S. homes climbed 0.4% earlier in June and now hovers over 19.1% higher than two years ago. So it's actually even higher than it was at the height of when the market was like really going crazy. Notably, the housing market has offset the 2.9 trillion decrease in valuation that happened between June of 2022 and 2023. And really, it, I know it decreased, but it really just flatlined for most real estate markets. As a result of higher mortgage rates, nobody was selling. Nobody's selling now because the interest rates are too high. The dominance of the 30-year 30 uh, thirty-year fixed rate mortgage in America has propped up home values. Tons of homeowners scored uh, an incredible deal during the pandemic at 3% mortgage rate for the remainder of the 30-year loan. Now they're staying put because moving would mean taking that on a rate that's twice as high. That This means buyers who are in the market now are dunk, dunking it out for a small pool of homes, preventing home value, preventing home values from plunging. And we've talked about that a thousand times. And that was the reason why I said there was going to be no crash because I was like, we we haven't built enough houses. And if anybody doesn't believe me on that, just just go ahead and pull up any 
major statistical website and look at how many houses have been built since the last housing crash. And you'll see that chart go all the way in the ground. It's terrible, terrible. According to the report, roughly nine out of 10 homeowners with mortgages currently having rates under 6%, well below the 7% level seen in 2022. That's led to a 1% of the country's homes changing hands this year. It's the lowest amount of homes, uh, lowest amount since a decade ago. So what they're saying is, even though that home values have gone up, there hasn't there actually hasn't been that many home transactions. It's been stagnant. Like real estate agents that I know that are really like hot to trot real estate agents, the amount of volume of homes that they've sold is not nearly what it was, of course, during the pandemic, but it is even below what it was in 2019 before the pandemic started. They're saying that like they they have clients, they would love to buy a house, they're qualified to buy a house, but there just isn't anything for them to purchase. Uh, a good portion of other ones have been saying, yeah, I've got them qualified, but there isn't anything in their price range and there won't be unless somebody starts building them. Um, we're in a weird conundrum right now. And I... Um, I know that Wall Street loves it. Like they, they are just salivating over all this because they they have been dominating and controlling what's been happening with home prices. And uh, as long as we continue to allow them to do build to rent homes, like I make so many videos about them because I find them to be the worst thing for our future generations. And uh, Wall Street loves them because they can dictate the price. They can just make more money and they answer to stockholders and and REITs and all this other stuff. So if they continue to up the rent and make these build to rent homes and they have more renters because there's such a low supply of homes on the market, they're just making more money. They love it. They love it. So anyway, we got our first comment today. It says, uh, Spillbooth says 93 uh, with the heat index of 107 in Tulsa. My neighbors are commenting last night, this must be what living in Louisiana is like. Well, just I'll go ahead and add like 98% humidity onto that. <laughs> we were we were going to get on the plane and my you know I had my hair in like a you know little headband and everything and the humidity was so bad that when we walked out from the car to the to the front of the the airport my hair was like a complete fuzzy ball <laughs> it was like it was complete fuzz I'm like oh my gosh give me a brush <laughs> I mean I know my hair is fine but it was like it was weird to see it like just so fuzzy anyway. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So Eddie, go ahead and put that other article up and then we'll take some questions right after that. If you could, please, sir. My brain's a little foggy because I got home, took a shower and went to sleep. And then I didn't get to bed like fully out sleeping by until about 2, 2.30 this morning. And I'm not, I go to bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> so I'm a little like, not right. <laughs> I feel like I've been drinking. Um, it says, uh, will house prices go down? Morgan Stanley gives uh, 2024 predictions. We'll see what Morgan Stanley has to say. All right, here we go. Okay, so, but the experts, it says, after uh, dropping several consecutive months in 2023, following the peak in 2022, housing prices started to recover, rising back across the country in most areas. But experts think the growth is not going to last. Prices will start dropping again in 2024, as predicted by Morgan Stanley and multinational investment bank and financial service company. By the end of 22. 
by the end of 2022, many wondered whether the pro price correction unfolding in the housing market might have turned to into a proper cash, despite experts' reassurance that it would have not likely been the case. While the market might have cooled down, housing analysts said historically low uh, inventory would prevent home prices from crashing down. Now, you guys know as well as I do, we do a ton of reading of articles. And a lot of those experts said, oh, no, it doesn't matter. The home prices are going to go, are going to crash. It's all going to crash. They all said it. <laughs> I said, all right. So, but the market remained relatively stable throughout the months of the price declines in the first quarter of the year as aspiring home buyers unable to match asking prices were squeezed out of the market. Already in February, experts said that the housing market had started to recover with the com um, complicity of the same lingering, uh, lingering shortage of supply that first led home prices to boom during the pandemic. All right, let's go past this. I want to know why they think it's going to continue. Okay. While experts disagree on where the housing market is headed through the rest of the 2024, Morgan Stanley expects prices to fall. 2% next year. They're saying it's going to fall 2%. We forecast that home prices in 2023 to finish the year flat versus the 2022 before the falling 2% in 2024. So let's read that again. We forecast home prices in 2022 or 2023 to finish the year off flat versus 2022, where they said it would go down. Okay. Before falling 2% in 2024, as affordability continues to adjust slowly back to long-run averages and inventories begin a slow climbing off the multi-decade decade lows. That is the worst quote on the planet. We forecast, that is a stupid quote. <laughs> the company wrote in a report mentioned by Yahoo Finance. So basically what they're saying is this year we're going to fall flat, which doesn't make sense because we're already seeing home prices rise. So they're expecting home prices to remain flat for the rest of the year. Then they're going to say that by 2024, I'm sure the first part of the year, we're going to see a decline in home prices because right after the first year of the year, nobody buys a house. And then in the spring, home prices will pick up again, just like it always does unless they have like an exorbitant amount of inventory that hits on, on the market. And I just don't know where that inventory is going to come from just yet. Nobody can tell me. Anyways, it says the housing hangover activity has bottomed, but tightening lending standards and persistent gap between new and outstanding mortgage rates are likely to prevent meaningful increase in activity this year. Huh. All right. Mortgage rates will likely play a key role in determining housing prices next year, as mentioned by Morgan Stanley. Though the Federal, the Federal Reserve campaign to lower inflation is nowhere aggressive, near nowhere as aggressive as it was in 2022, interest in mortgage rates remain high, an additional challenge for home buyers. Higher rates and tighter credit conditions have slowed build, home building and cooled home sales of volume over the last year. This is true. High rates are also crimping the supply of new listings, as many current homeowners have little incentive to give up their existing low-rate interest homes. I've said that. Cooling inflation and lower mortgage rates would put a wind in the sales in both the housing market supply and demand. But the thing is, and maybe you guys, you can tell me, if, if there is no current supply of homes on, this, on the market, people are sitting in 3%, right? And 
all of a sudden interest rates came down, right? So a lot of more people, yeah, they would say, yeah, we're, we'll go ahead and sell. But that doesn't mean that they would come down because there isn't enough homes. There isn't enough homes. Like this, it would be the same frenzy that we saw during the pandemic because we have a pent up demand of first time home buyers. But I'm now I'm now now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm thinking about there isn't enough there isn't enough supply of homes for first time home buyers. That's the biggest problem. So unless we have a bunch of first time home buyers that have like a ton of money in the bank or got a whopping inheritance in order to afford that house. Another thing you got to think about too is like Florida can't get insurance. Louisiana is having a hard time with insurance. Oh, it's going to be another, another more uh, unprecedented times. I'm so tired of living in unprecedented times. <laughs> so tired. <gasps> All right. Sharon Pope has a question. Says, I live in Davenport, Florida. Growth is insane in the past five years. My Dell Webb community will be battling lawsuits with Flit for the foreseeable future. I have 150K in equity. Should I sell? I don't know what the... Is Dell Web one of those communities that's a build to rent and is Pullet suing them? Uh, is it like, is it um, an insurance problem? What What's the issue on that? I wish I, you know what, we should do a call-in show because sometimes it's hard to know exactly what <laughs> people are asking. Um, I don't know what the exact um, problem is, but I would talk to a financial advisor and a local real estate agent in that area to get their pulse on what's happening specifically. Cause that is such a um, area specific issue that I, I couldn't give you a blanket statement and be fair to you. That's for sure. But I, I love some tea. I would love to know the gossip of what's going on between those two uh, communities. I thought Dell Webb was a build to rent community. I could be wrong about that. And I know that Pullet is a, like just a regular home builder, one of the big ones. Oh, she said it's a 55 plus uh, building issues with the HOA. Hmm. Oh, Eddie's going to pull this up. Dell Web 55 active communities. Is there an article on it, Eddie? Yeah, somebody said a call-in show would be amazing. The only thing is that you have to, like, I have to get somebody to, um, I'll have to get somebody to, if we were going to do a call-in show, get somebody to actually listen to somebody's, because, you know, you always get those people that, will want to call in, but they really just want to say their dirty words on live, live, you know, like get their, they'll say something crazy. Remember? Like, I don't know. I did years ago. I did one. And then I had this guy that was, he was laying in bed because I did it. I did it where they could like, they got a link to the show. And then the, when he went to go ask his question, he was laying in the bed and you can see straight up his nose and stuff. And he it's like, Oh my God. I'll never do that again. Lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll have to check into that for you, Sharon. I don't know anything about that specific um, issue going on with the two companies. Um, if it looks like something that's going to make your home valuation go down, then I would sell it now before that happens. But if it doesn't look to be one of those things, then uh, I would hold on to it if you don't need to sell, you know. I love a 55-plus community, that's for sure. There's a lot of those. Is it? Um, did you ever look into the villages, Sharon? I have to know. Years ago, I worked in the villages. I worked at, uh, at this place called uh, Cafe Olay. It was a terrible waitress. 
horrible. I think I got fired. I'm pretty sure I got fired. <laughs> but I worked there for quite some time uh, as a waitress for the 55 older community. And everybody drove around on their golf carts. It was wonderful. I don't know where Eddie is. I think my husband disappeared. Normally, he doesn't leave questions on there that long. If you guys have a question, please put it up on the screen and um, Eddie will go ahead and put it up there for you. Eddie's the producer in the background. All right, JK has a, has a question. JK, you kidding? All right. Does this mean that um, we built 400 billion in new houses? No, no, I wish. No, it just means that the valuation of, it was like 47 trillion. We have the valuation of the housing market has gone up more than it did before. It was at 46 trillion. Now it's at 47 trillion. And of course, the Wall Street bros love it because, you know, they dictate a lot of these prices and some of this, a lot of areas they've, they've controlled and manipulated markets just to satisfy stock, the uh, stock market, you know, <laughs> you know, the other thing that I was looking at too, I was talking about um, the credit earlier and how like more and more people are like putting their life on credit cards. The other thing that has been happening recently is that before they even got into the credit cards, they're willing to cash out their 401ks and they're not willing to cash it out for like what you would think like buying a house or something really important. They're doing it to survive because they're like, well, I have this money here. I'll have to make it at some point. I don't want to put it on a credit card or, or I've maxed out my credit cards. So now I'm going to have to pull it out of my 401k. I, as inflation numbers continue to hurt most, a lot of people and they have, and they're in the points of desperation and they're taking out from their savings and putting everything on credit. It's, it will be interesting to see what happens in the future. I'm keeping my eye out on this because I think it is a more of a problem than people realize. So anyways, uh, we got another question coming. It says, should I add half a payment for the rest of my term of 10 years to pay off in five years. Oh, so there's like this trick that anybody can do. If you have a 30 year mortgage, a 15 year mortgage, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you wanted to pay one extra payment a year, it helps take off several years at the back end of your mortgage. Cause what you're, when you get a mortgage, you're always paying the first few years are just pretty much interest. And then it takes a while before you actually start paying down the balance of it. So, um, I mean, you would have to talk to a financial advisor if you're one, if that's your goal is to pay it off then, and you can afford to do that with a plenty of money extra for emergencies then do it. If you can't, then don't, you know, like I would talk to a financial advisor about this. If there might be a better way to earn more money than paying off. If you took that extra payment and put it into something else, you might actually make more money. But again, I'm not a financial advisor, so I can't, I can't tell you what the best thing to do is. I personally, I hate, I hate a balance. I hate debt. I can't like, I, it actually physically keeps me up at night. If there's never a debt, like I don't want to see any balance on my credit cards or anything like that. So if I can pay off something early, I will, except for my mortgage. That is one of those things. I'm like, I know exactly how much it's going to cost every single month. I pay my uh, taxes and my insurance separately because I that way I can budget out for those things. But I want to keep it the same price. I have it budgeted out. That's what I'm going to do every every time. I don't pay anything extra. I should. I know I should, but I don't. <laughs> I always want to keep some extra on the side. You never know what's going to happen. 
Alex Davis said, do you think the housing prices are, are only going to increase over the next 10 years? Or is it possible to amount that is poss uh, between housing prices from three years ago to end today? Okay, so if everything remained exactly the same, Home builders weren't building homes like they should have been. Like they're only they should be building like 100 homes a year. Now they're only building 40 homes a year. If the if we continue to go down the same cycle with, that we've been going through since uh, 2008, we're going to continue to see this problem of a shortage of supply of homes. We also got to look at the interest rates. Interest interest rates always drive people to do make those decisions. When interest rates drop go down, you see an excessive amount of people that are signing up for mortgage um, mortgages, the new mortgages. And then um, when you, mortgage rates come down, a lot more people refinance. So we're gonna continue to have this problem, not enough supply. People are wa wanting to stay in their homes because they got a low mortgage rate and there's not gonna be enough availability to them, the people that have applied for that new mortgage. So home prices would continue to go up. They say, they say in um, several articles and according to the Builders Association of the United, uh, Home Builders Association, they say that they're going to be building more affordable housing, um, that home, the builders, Home Builders Confidence Index has said that they are feeling better about housing market and they're willing to get back into it, but they're still uh, cautiously optimistic. So they're not going, even though they, they should be building 100 homes, maybe they'll build 50 instead of 40. So, I mean, if that's the case that we're going to do uh, incremental increases in home building, we're only going to see incremental relief. It's not, it's like trying to put a Band-Aid on a heart attack. It's not going to be enough. If everything stays exactly the same as it is, there's no way that it would could go down unless, of course, other environmental factors, you know. I'm not saying, I can't give you the crystal ball answer to that. In 10 years, I mean, that's that's asking a lot. If everything stayed exactly the way it is right now, yes, we'd still see home prices increasing. But that's like a big giant what if. I don't even know what I'm going to be doing in 10 years. I can't tell you what that, I don't know what I'm going to do next week. You know, like I can't, I, I wish I could have the crystal ball like that. Um, I just don't. The biggest problem we have is a lack of supply. I don't know if there's going to be a way to meet that demand that we have in any way, shape or form. I just don't know. So Johnny O with a hundred dollars super chat. <laughs> I appreciate you every week. Johnny comes in, gives us a little support to the channel. Little, I'd say little big support, huge support to the channel. And I appreciate you every single week. Thank you so much. Never has a question. Just wants to drop in and give me a little hundred dollars. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said no, a call-in show would be amazing. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm. What, we need a call screener. Yeah. You need a Roz. That's, <laughs> Joni says I need a Roz as a screen. I could be a Roz. I would be a good Roz. <laughs> I'm like playing with my um, double chin. After I turned 50, was it when I got the double chin? That's, when you see me doing this, it's because I'm trying to push up my second face. <laughs> um, question, what is the current best rate? Well, did you know this is true? Like every every time I like say interest rates are sitting at a seven, every single state in the United States actually has 
different interest rates. So even though you're like in Georgia, it might be at 7.1, Florida might be 6.8 like or 6.99. Every single area has a little difference in um, mortgage rates. So uh, I don't even know what the rates are today. And, there, and it doesn't matter too. What I say today, tomorrow, they're probably going to change. Mortgage rates change every single day because it follows the markets. So, uh, and they, and what they start at in the morning could be different than in the afternoon. At some point there was literally people that were waiting, watching, watching the numbers and they'd be like, okay, go ahead and lock in your rate now. Go ahead and lock in your rate now because it's, it's gone down. I mean, they were doing that. That was right after 2008 because they were trying to, people were trying to get the best rate. All right. Yeah. 6.5, 6.99. Yeah. And, you know, those rates, too, are like you could say, well, my friend got 6.99 and how come I got seven? Well, it has to do with your credit scores, too. 7.4, 15 years is 6.64. And this is just an, an average, you know. It's just an average. They're sitting around just over seven, almost seven and a half. But in another area, it could be even lower than that. I, I like what I would, I was told from the beginning this year that we were going to see mortgage rates in the fives and it, it whispered in the fives for like eight days. And then after that, boom, back up again, right over at six. And it was like, when it went into the fives, it was 5.99, 5.99. And it went crazy. Like soon as that went to 5.99, all of the phones were ringing off the hook. You know, people were waiting for that. Yep. Uh, recently had the best thing happened yet. My housing and utilities will be paid for a whole year through a program I qualified for. Ooh, what's the program? Yeah, there, you know, the, um, there are some programs if you're having trouble spend, uh, uh, paying your bills. Um, there's even some federal programs for it. But the thing is, like, you get on the list is like, oh, it's hard. And the money goes really quickly, very quickly. Uh, paying, um, principal on, oh, ugh, here we go, Joni. I'm going to try this again. <laughs> paying principal only payments will definitely pay off your house sooner. Correct. Talk to your banker. Make sure the extra payment is on principal only. Your receipt should show a lower balance. Correct. You know, cause my husband and I did that. Well, this was years ago. I, I didn't know anything about real estate and we were making extra payments, but we were just, it was like throwing money to the wind because we weren't putting it towards the principal. We were dummies. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> we did that for a year. And then somebody said, you're doing that wrong. And we were like, really? That's what you get when you're young and dumb. And there, there was no like uh, special channels out there when we were buying our first house. I, I, YouTube was just full of, uh, I don't even know what YouTube was full of back then. <laughs> Lawnmower says, uh, hit the like button or YouTube will put classified documents on your garage. <laughs> oh, no. Come on now. Come on now. Let's, all right. Oh, yes. D.B. Douglas says, prayers for the victims and families of the Hawaii fires. I This is like a totally different situation, but I honestly know how those people feel. Um and this is why I brought up all the things at the beginning of the top of the show about hurricanes. Um, 
whenever there's a natural disaster, whether it be fire, tornado, anything like that, it's so devastating for an area. Um, it's so devastating for a family. And even though like the storm or the fire or the tornado has passed, it takes years, not only to rebuild your house and not only to be rebuild your community, but to rebuild your mental health. Uh, I saw so much trauma coming from people that lived here in Louisiana during Katrina, that every time a hurricane was even whispered, they, they freak, they would freak out and, and rightfully so, because for so long, whenever a hurricane would come through, they're like, Oh, they always say it's going to be bad. And it's never bad. And then, then it was bad and it was so bad that they'll never forget it. And, um, I, I really feel bad for those families. The worst part of, for people that live in Hawaii, it's not like you can go to Home Depot or, you know, call up a, a, another state and, and have a building materials sent out there. Everything, everything they have, every nail, piece of wood, shingle, everything is imported. And it makes it a lot more expensive. And it takes so much more time because they're on an island. It takes forever. I don't know if you've ever been to Hawaii. That's why everything you get there is super expensive because everything, every single thing is imported other than pineapples, <laughs> you know? like Cokes, uh, nails, roofing materials, everything is imported. It's going to take a very long time for them to rebuild. Um, you like, it's even taking a long time for electricity. I just feel so bad for them. Believe it or not, my, my brother has a, um, a timeshare and he was supposed to leave yesterday to go to Maui. And he was like, Oh, there's no way I would go down there. I mean, I'm not going to be as a burden to the people of Maui. Cause I'm going to want a vacation. Forget that. That's terrible. You know? And, um, yeah, I definitely, I think about them all the time. Uh, I, I think the way to get around it and get people moving quicker is if a modular home company would step in and just start, sending out modular units and being able to put those together. They're really great for hurricanes. So maybe a modular home company could step out uh, there in California. That would be a really good idea. I mean, you have to listen to Christina. Uh, yeah. Watching their uh, home construct reconstruction costs will be interesting. It will be interesting because everything is imported. Everything. I mean, there's just no way around it. I, I'm wondering what's going to happen with their insurance rates around there too, you know, because California, their, their insurance rates went up because of the wildfires. I wonder if they're going to go through what we went through, which was, you know, big insurance companies started dumping us, you know. Joni said, um, Joni said something about, uh, yeah, FEMA could send some of those boxables uh, they ordered. The thing about um, Boxables, they have a, a large waiting list. I mean, I think it's like 176 units are on waiting list. So even though they could probably send some of those units, you got to remember too, they're, they're very small. So it's one little kitchen, one little bedroom. And if you had a whole house there, a three bedroom, two bath house, that isn't really going to work. What would be really cool is if, if they did like have a bunch of those to put out there, they're a lot better quality than, than what they had out here, which were those FEMA trailers that were full of like, um, 
they were full of like asbestos and formaldehyde and stuff. It made everybody sick. I mean, I would much rather have a box bowl than one of those. But that again, that's only temporary housing. It's temporary. So David said, um, I bought a pre-manufactured home. Company contracted a builder. Builder hasn't started after 18 months. According to the lender, I need I need to refi. Who ought to be responsible for these fees? I would have to see your contract. Um, I would get a lawyer involved and have uh, a lawyer figure that out. Because if, it, if the company made you use that specific builder, then it's on the company, I believe. But again, I have to read your contract. I, I'm not... I'm not 100% sure because I'm sure what you have is a new construction loan. So you, they only have a, they have a, it's a set rate for a period of time where the builder can get certain draws. But if the builder hasn't started, there are no draws to the loan, I'm assuming, unless uh, the pre-ordered home is part of that draw. I, I would have to see it. I would have to see it pre-manufactured home. What's a pre-manufactured home? I've never heard of pre-manufactured. I've heard of manufactured and I've heard of modular, but, and I've heard of prefab. Is that what you're talking about? Like a prefab modular home? Brandon the bear says, hello. Hello, Brandon. Hello, Brandon. <laughs> the bear. <"Rawr." laughs> What is wrong with me? I really need sleep. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, <laughs> oh, so David said, yeah, pre-ordered a home that's a part of the draw. Yeah, sorry, it's a manufactured home. Yeah, I would, um, I would contact an attorney. I would contact an attorney with your contract in hand and figure out how how this was supposed to work out. Um. I'm assuming that you got the lending through the company that did the manufactured home themselves. Um, that's what I'm assuming. So I would get an attorney. Da, da, da. If you have a question, please put it up on the screen there, Eduardo. Thomas says, the problem in my area is that land costs and labor costs. There's no affordable housing because it costs $1 million plus to build a new home and with land and costs and materials and labor. We have a, like with all the other things, we have a massive labor shortage when it comes to building homes. A lot of times homes have been delayed, not only because of the pandemic, not only because of supply chain issues, it's also because they don't have enough plumbers in the trades. They don't have enough roofers in the trades. They don't have enough uh, people that, you know, like they just don't have enough. Uh, they're having a hard time finding electricians. Uh, even some small projects that my husband and I have done in the past, we've always had an issue finding a plumber. And then the only one that would come out was like this big time plumber here in the area. And they cost twice as much as a, a regular plumber. I, I mean, I'm willing to pay because I want to get my uh, plumbing fixed on these houses. Uh, if they would offer more incentives to kids that are in high school, because a lot of them are kind of like, I don't want know what I want to do when I grow up. I don't want to go to college because I don't want student loan debt. I, I can't do that. And if they gave them the opportunity, the ability to take some of these jobs like in the trades, 
whether it's building a house, whether it's being some kind of car mechanic. And somebody says to me, no, but kid wants to be a car mechanic because everything's done with a computer. There, don't give me that. There are kids that still love doing stuff with their hands. Even though most of it is like done with a computer and tells them what they need to do. At least they know what they need to do and they can put it together for them. Um, there needs to be like, there's, I just wish that high schools offered more trades type of degrees than they do. They don't any, like, even when I was in high school, they, they were phasing away those trade diplomas. And then some high schools, they'll say, well, part of your high school degree, you can get a trade degree, but you have to go to the trade school and be part of this high school. So you would spend half the day at the regular high school, getting your regular high school credits. And then you have to go off campus to another school to like get into cosmetology. I wish they would offer that more to younger kids that kind of just are looking for something that, you know, just isn't available to them and they don't want to go to college. They're just like, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to go to college. That's not my thing. You know, I didn't want to go to college when I, <laughs> I didn't want to go to college. That was not on my agenda. <laughs> I ended up going to like, you know, community college, which was fine. Uh, wait, hold on, Eddie, put that back up. The trade union ran an the trade union ran an ad on the radio in our area promising free school and start at over 100k a year for plumbing career in the in a union. See, that's what I'm talking about. If you told a high school kid like you could make over a hundred thousand dollars a year as a plumber, then you would. There's a guy on YouTube. His name is Roger Wakefield. He tells kids all the time, like, this is, this is how I've made my business. This is how I became a millionaire. It was because I owned a plumbing business. But of course I started off as just a, just a plumber. You know, I worked under somebody, but he shows everybody. He has like all these different ways. He shows you exactly how to build yourself up to own your own plumbing business. He's like, it's a great way to, uh, you know, not you, so you don't have to go to college. Yeah. Trade schools are great. I mean, my first, my first career, I was a, I was a hairdresser. I did the hairdresser for 10 years. <laughs> I loved my hairdressing school, uh, school life. I went to North Georgia tech. <laughs> it's a, like a little community college trade school. It was nice. I liked it. You know, lived on campus, did some hair <laughs> in the Midwest union trades are very high paying. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the guys, some of the oil workers too, um, that they were able to go to, you know, do some trades with the oil fields. They can make some good money out there too. You know, it's seasonal and you got to do a lot of turnarounds, but it's good money. When you're young, you can do it. it says question. Do you um, save anything on fees of dealing with directly with the company building your new homes? No, nope. They'll tell you, you do. They'll say, well, you know, because you're using our sales office, we're going to go ahead and take off like 2.5% off the purchase price. But one way, shape or form, they're going to get you. There is always, <laughs> there is no free lunch is what my economics teacher told me in high school. Coach Matus was my, my, uh, <laughs> was my economics teacher. And he wrote on the board, there's no free lunch. And that was the one thing I learned more than anything. Somebody has to pay for it somewhere. And nowhere down the line is at the, at the, by the time they're signing at the table, that builder is going to make just as much money with the person that bought a house with a real estate agent as with the person that didn't use a real estate agent. There's no way he's going to leave any money on the table. He's going to make sure he makes exactly what he needs to make on every single house. So I know they'll tell you that, 
but that doesn't necessarily the case. And I would always take that loan package that they're offering you to another lender so they can break down the fees and show you exactly what you're paying for in, in the bottom line. So you know exactly and take it to a couple of them. So that way you can see what you can earn better. You know, they always make their money one way or shape or form. <laughs> They're not going to leave any money on the table. That's for sure. <laughs> all right. JK says, um, where did all the plumbers, electricians, carpenters, HVAC techs, and other trade workers go? Did they retire with the boomers? Um, no. What, what happened is that there just isn't as many um, opportunities given to people about those trades. And they don't... Um, it's kind of like this. If you're a high school kid and you see a friend of yours that got on TikTok, did a bunch of dances, got some brand deals, and now he's making, I don't know, $4,000 a month doing TikTok dances and acting like an idiot. Or you can go to a trade school and become a plumber. And people, you know, young people, their front cortex does not work correctly. It's brain mush. And they're like, I want to be the guy that dances on TikTok. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be plumber. That's stupid. You know, they don't really see the future of that breaking down to be the best thing ever. They want that that flash, you know. But if you showed them the money and how much money they can make in their future, if they, it's all about how you present these trades to younger people that will make it more appealing. The reason they want to do TikTok because it looks exciting. I mean, when you say, you know, let's be a plumber, it doesn't really look exciting. How can you show them why this is a great job? Show them all the money that you can make, how you can have a future doing this, and that you're going to be in much better shape than the person that decided to do TikTok dances for their career, you know? And I'm just giving you one extreme case. I'm not saying all kids want to do TikTok, but you, it isn't the most glorious sounding job. It isn't something that, that uh, you know, like traveling around the world or um, I'm a headhunter for, you know, Morgan Stanley or, you know, they just, they, they're looking for something that gives them purpose. And I think that the trades haven't necessarily given kids a good reason to want to do it. So, but if you offered it to them by showing them examples in their community of people that have made very successful careers as plumbers, electricians, carpenters, HVAC techs, and you know, they're show them a day in the life of them, you could see a lot of that turning around. But in the meantime, we're going to be continue to see less and less people. I will say that they the carpenters of today make not nearly as much uh, money if you adjust it for inflation as the carpenters back in the day when our parents were growing up. So, hmm, you know, you know what I'm saying? There's a decline in the trades. Eddie has an accent. <laughs> Eddie said I sound like a boomer. The big picture, older workers and skilled trades are retiring and not enough good, not enough young people are training up to take the jobs as construction workers, plumbers and electricians and beyond. By the numbers, construct, the construction industry faces a gap of million workers. 
I will say too that sometimes construction workers are treated very poorly on site. And they're made to work ridiculous hours at ridiculous times during ridiculous amounts of heat. And that doesn't sound really fun. Um, and they don't pay enough. Uh, to, and to that gap is experiencing widening, widening of, as federal money flows into new infrastructure projects around the country calling for even more labor. The only way to get more labor, and everybody knows this, pay them more. You got to pay them more in order them, for them to want to do the job. The application rate for technical jobs like a plumber and electrician, electrician dropped 49% between 2020 and 2022. Yeah, because those kids started seeing other people make money other ways. What's happening? As Americans, um, America de-industrialized in the second half of the 20th century, education was reimagined to emphasize seeking four-year degrees. Yep. They, they changed high schools and they made it imperative that you went to college and they didn't talk about the trades. They should have just left it the way it was. Um, they should have left it where the high schools, you could get a, either a high school diploma, like just a basic high school diploma. You could get a trade school diploma, or you could get a college prep diploma. There was three, three types of diplomas you used to be able to get. And now it's just only college prep, only college prep. And that's not right. I don't think it's fair to these kids. And I think we've set them up. That's why a lot of millennials are disillusioned because they caught on a lot of, they, they took on so much debt because they were promised. If you went to for your college, even if it was in basket weaving, you're going to have the job that sets you up for life. You're going to get a pension. You just stay at that job. You'll be fine. And they set them up for failure. Those, those people took on huge debt trying to achieve what they were told they were supposed to do and the job that they were promised when they got out wasn't there for them and it certainly wasn't making the same kind of money as generations before them um yeah that, I, we're in a big mess with that anyways breaking news one in three people watching it watching hit the like button for christina <laughs> thank you jody that was great <laughs> breaking news i wish i had one of those like dee, 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 Michelle says, uh, question, would you ever uh, consider analysis or just opinion on a specific markets or neighborhoods instead of looking at real estate trends across the whole country? Usually if it's about a specific area and you want me to talk about it, what I do is I bring on a real estate agent from that area because they're like what they call like boots on the ground, <laughs> boots on the ground agent that knows what's, they know what's really going on, the, the true pulse of it. Because, you know, Anybody like myself could sit here and we could look at trends across the country, but it doesn't mean that's what's going on in your little uh, little microcosm of the United States. So if you want me to talk about a specific area, I will gladly do that. And I will get an agent, a real estate agent that I know is good and qualified to talk about these things, to come on the show so you can ask their specific questions. It's really interesting to find out too, because like I said, every market is so incredibly different. And when other areas of like New Jersey still seeing like home prices go up at when they were seeing home prices go up over in areas of like Boulder, Colorado, they were seeing prices come down and it was so, so off the charts. And then Austin, Texas was starting to see prices come down while like Fort Lauderdale and Tampa were still having home prices go up. South Florida to this day, I think is still going up or it might be flat right now. I have to get somebody on here to talk about that. But I mean, they've, they've never seen a decline in prices. Wild. 
Uh, all right. Uba has a question. It's my, my family wants to buy four manufactured homes, one for each family member. Where are some things we can do to save money? Ooh, I know I, you need to talk to a financial planner. So a financial planner will tell you exactly how you guys, each one of you could save up. And if you're planning on doing, uh, if you're buying like a piece of land and all four of you are going to buy that piece of land, check with your county first, because they may consider that a subdivision and there might be an additional fee. That happens here in Louisiana. You can't, And you can't put a manufactured home on, it can't be smaller than, uh, one acre. But if you find a piece of land that was previously a manufactured home park where it already still has utilities and lines and plans that are, that are already there, they may not consider a subdivision and you may be able to do it, but there might be some other fees attached to it. But um, I would talk to a financial planner on that. I don't know what your jobs are. I don't know what your financial status is or what you're doing with your money. I, I wish I, I, I'm just not that person. I wish I knew <laughs> when my husband and I were trying to save for our first house, I would bring, don't laugh at me. Do you remember Cam, Campbell's used to make drinkable soups? Do you guys remember these drinkable soups? I would, that's what I would bring for lunch, a drinkable soup. I was starving. That was so dumb. And then sure enough, because I was in effort of saving for a house, if someone gave me a little extra tip, I was like, well, I got an extra tip today. So I'm going to go ahead and go down to Taco Bell and get myself just one taco. <laughs> so, you know, I would do, like stupid things, just stupid things to just save money. Uh, luckily for me, I got a FHA loan. So it was like only 3% I had to save. How close uh, are we to 2008? As far as what? As far as like numbers or foreclosures? Foreclosures are, are actually up. I know that people are always looking at that. Foreclosures are up. There might be just a hair above 2019, but it's not anything alarming as far as the numbers are concerned. Um, as far as supply of homes, we're like way below the amount of homes that we had on the market in 2008. Way below the supply of houses. Uh, question, when will we have Jason Walter back on? I will have Jason Walter on anytime he wants to come on. I love me some Jason Walter. The problem is, is that he's a young dad. He's got new kids, you know, and like the, his life is chaotic. So anytime I have him on, it's like he has to make sure he has to put all of his ducks in a row in order to be able to talk on Sundays. Because, you know, Sundays are family time. And I understand that. Uh, anytime Jason wants to come on, he's more than welcome to come on. I enjoy Jason very much. We kick it really good. <laughs> you know, this is this is funny. So Peanut uh, Kidner has this question about uh, when is Matthew McConaughey back come back on? So I have a, a guest. His name is Ryan LaRussa. He's with GMFS Lending here in Louisiana. And he sounds exactly like Matthew McConaughey. He was supposed to be on two weeks ago. But I had to cut the stream off and there was no stream that day because that's when my mom ended up in the hospital. Just FYI, my mom is fine. She's back home. She's on oxygen for the rest of her life. She's getting back on her feet. She's really, she really hates that oxygen tank. I'm just going to let you know right now, but she's, she's just fine. <laughs> she's just fine. <laughs> she's hanging in there. She even has like a, a home health nurse that comes and visits her and she has a, um, physical therapist that comes in and visits her. His name is Jackson. And my mom does not like Jackson because Jackson tells her she has to move. And mom does not like that. 
So every time she brings him up, I'm like, oh, you mean Action Jackson? Well, I don't want him to tell me what I have to do. <laughs> MH says, hitting the like button before an end of the show is like tapping, tipping the wait staff before being seated. I don't know. You can you can hit the like button anytime you want to. <laughs> you can hit it anytime you like to. Um, question: Do you see my email about uh, Bill to rent in Ohio, Noreen? Um, is that the one where they are fighting back? Do you, I'm sure I emailed you back. If that's the one about where they're they're the the Ohio residents are saying absolutely not, we're not going to do Bill to rent in our neighborhoods. Uh, that is amazing. So I tell you guys every time I make one of these videos about build to rent that you should go to these meetings and stop these companies from doing it because what it's going to do is make rental prices being controlled by one big entity. And yeah, they're, they are fighting back. This, this uh, area in Ohio residents came in and said, Nope, we're not, if they want to build houses, that's fine. But these build to rent, no, they're not going to dictate the price of rental. Uh, units in the area because they decided to build all these rental houses and they are fighting back. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I did see that. And that's actually going to be part of uh, a future video, my friend. Thank you so much for sending that. I could have sworn I emailed you back. I swear. Um, Marysville neighbors fight against build to rent subdivision from breaking ground. Is this in Ohio? There's a, there's been a couple uh, areas. Yeah, this is at Marysville, Ohio. A new rental concept called Build to Rent is breaking ground across Central Ohio while causing considerable controversy. Hopefully, they're uh, listening to this channel. That it's bad. Yep. Marysville will hear a proposal from Nevada-based corporation America's Homes for Rent, oh, consisting of rental subdivision making up 300 single-family homes. These will not be affordable housing. Uh, America's Homes for Rent hired uh, Barack and his firm Sox Real Estate LLC to represent the corporations for zoning change and requested regarding the Weaver, Weaver Mill Farms. So yeah, so they probably wanted to do it in a commercial area where they normally would put apartments and they're wanting to rezone it. Or, or they want to put it in a residential area, but they would have to rezone it for a commercial because of the fact that they're all built to rent and it's 300 units. Ugh. Dorothy said, glad to hear your mom's doing better. She is. She is. <laughs> I, I brought her over some, uh, I make this hummus dip. So I'm, she wanted some of that. I brought her over some of, the, of that this morning. Christine, I like your show better with when it's done alone. Or with Eddie, of course. <laughs> I, I, you know, I sometimes though I need a little help. Today would have been better because I'm my brain is so cloudy from not getting enough sleep. <laughs> Eddie even said I'm starting to sound like an angry boomer. <laughs> Christina, what are your thoughts on smart homes in smart cities? So, uh, I have a thing about years ago when the smart homes came out with the uh, solar panels. Those solar panels that were, let's just even say 2013 are now obsolete. Like say you got them in 2013, it's been 10 years. Those things are like having a, a dinosaur on your, on your um, house. A lot of times what you put into it doesn't pay you back enough to make it worth it. I don't think these, 
the solar panel industry has saved people enough money to make it worth it. Until I see those numbers in a way that makes it feasible to, for most people, then yeah, I think it's the right thing to do. But I want to see in my, like in my brain, when I thought solar panels, because I was considering it, if, if the electricity was to go out, I want enough energy to be stored in batteries and from the solar panels that it, itself that it could run its, run the house with that, my actual 2000 square foot house with these big monstrosity panels. It does not, it, it, there isn't enough panels. There wouldn't be enough panels on my house or even in my backyard to run the complete house. And, uh, those battery packs that you have to buy are very, very expensive. It takes a long time to get your money from those. And when you go to sell them, if you're leasing the equipment for your uh, house, you know, for your solar panels, it actually costs a lot. But any smart building practices that are done as far as the way the envelope is sealed on the, on the house, um, any kind of uh, radiant barrier you put in the attic, any kind of new insulation that is non-caustic kind of insulation, any kind of paints that are low VOC that will help with the reflection. So that way you don't have as much air escaping through areas. Um, anything like that is a, it's a good idea. It's a very, it's a smart idea. And that's what I have to say about it. I will tell you this, if you have to have a house that runs on Wi-Fi and your electricity goes out, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, MH08 says, my refrigerator has no need to talk to the coffee maker, right? You know what I'm talking, you know what I'm saying, right? So if you have to use your phone to get into your house and then to set your alarm and then turn on the lights. I'm sure that, you know, there's a manual way to do all those things. But if you could become dependent on that and your electricity goes out, it's kind of like when your kids walk in the house and, and your electricity goes out and they keep flicking on the lights. And they're like, the electricity doesn't work. <laughs> You're going to keep picking up your phone to turn on these things and nothing works. Uh, especially when you have no cable. That's the worst. That is the worst. I say if you live in the South and you live near a hurricane area that gets hit with hurricanes, there's no reason why you shouldn't invest in a whole house generator. If you can afford it, do the payments over time, get yourself a whole house generator. I have no uh, skin in the game for you to get a whole house generator. I'm just saying it's the one thing that I invested in for this specific house that every time the electricity goes out, I'm like, yep, that paid for itself. I'm so like, so relieved to have it so relieved. I will never do it again. If you've ever been out of electricity for more than three days in Louisiana, you'll know what I'm talking about. We had 14 days after Hurricane Gustav with no electricity. And I vowed I'd never do it again. So yeah, $10,000 uh, backup generator is cheaper. Yep, it is. And you'll use it. You'll be surprised how often you use it. <laughs> yep. Solar companies uh, sell a pitch and doesn't give, does not give all that info. And you know, another thing about solar companies that they don't tell you is you have a roof that has a warranty on that roof. The minute they install those solar panels onto your roof, your warranty for your roof and shingles is now null and void because you've done something to change the way that those uh, shingles were attached. 
the solar company will tell you, no, 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 we, we have a warranty for our, our solar panels. That includes the roof, but it doesn't. It does not inc include the roof. And so, in some cases where they've attached it, you have problems with the roof leaking. The company that put on the roof was like, that's not our responsibility. That is the solar company's problem. Then the solar company comes out and says, oh, no, you're going to have to file an insurance claim. The insurance claim says, oh, no, that's like, and that you end up going this round robin circle thing a thousand times. And then in the meantime, your roof is still freaking leaking. So then you end up taking that cost on to yourself. And then if you have like a hurricane that comes through, solar panels get damaged and your roof gets damaged. The roofing company from the insurance company says, okay, we're going to go ahead and replace the roof. They have now replaced the roof. Then the solar camp company says, okay, the roof has been replaced. We're going to put those solar panels back up. Now, again, same thing. The warranty on your roof is no longer valid. Now you have a warranty on your solar panels, but that warranty does not cover the condition of your roof. And then you're going to have to go through the insurance company. It's a nightmare. It's honestly a nightmare. I've seen more problems than success stories when it comes to solar panels. The people that have the most successful stories of solar panels is they're not attached to their roof. Those solar panels are in a different location. They're not attached to the house in any way, shape or form. So I'll leave that there. <laughs> Don't want the coffee maker to be going on Amazon and ordering a, the decaf. Oh, okay. <laughs> Check whether your homeowners are Check with your homeowner's insurance before installing installing any solar. Yes. Yep. Some insurance companies are not using are not insuring the home due to solar panels on the roof. See, um, they've been insuring them here, but I just want you guys to be very cautious when you put those solar panels on there. Um, the so, and then there was even a like tax rebate here in the state of Louisiana for solar panels that money ran out very quickly but the solar panel companies never ever ever told anybody hey matt lamarche <laughs> matt's out of atlanta market the solar panel company never told anybody that that those funds that were offered to the state for the solar panels had run out it had run out very quickly so they were still signing people up like there was still money available and they're like, oh, we're going to get this. The, that fund is going to get redone. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then a year and a half later, they're like, oh, yeah, well, the state ran out of money. So you're going to have to pay the whole amount now. Well, people didn't budget for that. They were told that they could get solar panels for X amount of dollars. And then the, the state money ran out. And then they were left holding the bag. So, yeah. I'm, if I'm not team solar panel, unless you're not going to put them on the house. <laughs> uh, my friend. Martina is a CEO, co-owner of a solar company. She re recommends that if you have the space, do not mint the panels on your roof. Lower maintenance costs is easier in cleaning. Yeah, it's easier cleaning too. You're exactly right. If you're going to get the most out of your solar panels, they have to remain clean. How many people are going to climb up there on their roof, right? And clean them off, make sure there's no dust and stuff on there and get all the bird poop off. They're not going to do that. But if they were in their yard while they were mowing, they'd be like, oh yeah, let me clean this off. Like I said, the people that I know have had the best success with solar panels are the ones that do not have them attached to their house. So a solar roof is not worth it. I've been wanting a solar so bad, but I'm scared uh, to do any of that. I've not known anybody that's had a complete full solar roof. I know that there are solar shingles, but I don't know if they've been out long enough 
for me to give you a full, um, I don't know anybody that's had them, so I couldn't give you any insight on that. <laughs> yep. All right, Debbie has a question. What are your thoughts on some land developers charging one-time payment of anywhere from 10,000 to 75,000 for a 100-year lease? Each lot approximately 2,500 square feet. Is that even legal? Who, you know, th that is interesting. I have I haven't heard about this. Only the only time I've ever heard this is when people die. And this is no, this is no joke when you, when you, um, are talking to the funeral homes and they have limited space, they'll give you a hundred year lease of that space for your loved one's body. And after that hundred years, they're assuming there's no family and friends left to go visit that grade. They'll exhume the body to make it for another person. I've never heard this for a home. I think that's, I have to look into that. I don't, and, and that would be a state by state thing if it's even legal or not. You would have to check by each state. It wouldn't, there wouldn't be a national blanket statement for that. Cause when it comes to land, leasing land, purchasing land, all the recommendations and laws are completely different from each to each area. Hmm. I'm going to have to look into that. Eddie screenshot that for me so I can look into it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I know that um, I have gotten some emails in the past week. I have been super duper duper ridiculously in the weeds busy, but next week, everything goes back to normal and I'm so, so ready for normal. So don't worry. I'll be there. <laughs> Answer your questions. If I hadn't gotten to it this week, I'm very sorry. It says, what is a grand, uh, ground lease and how it works? Advantages and examples. Uh, James Chedden was talking about a ground lease is an agreement in which the tenant is permitted to develop a piece of property during the leasing period, but after which the land and all of its improvements are turned over to the property owner. The only thing I would say about this that would make it really crappy. Like, so you, you have a land lease for a hundred years. So your family for the past hundred years has put their blood, sweat, and tears in developing this piece of land that hundred years is up and there, it, there's no inheritance for you. It doesn't belong to you. That seems like a really bad idea. Hmm. Ground leases commonly take place between commercial landlords who typically lease the land for 50 to 100 years to the tenants who construct the buildings on the property. Oh, this, so this is mostly for commercial properties. That's why I probably never heard of it. I'm not a commercial real estate. I'm not even going to tell you anything about commercial. Uh, tenants who otherwise can't afford to buy the land can build on the property with a ground lease while the landlords get a steady income and retain control over the use and development of their property. But this is for a uh, commercial though, right? If this would, if this was sleep seep over into residential, this to me is like, this is like a recipe for wall street to me even make more money because like if wall street bought up a bunch of land and they're like oh yeah here's the land you can have it for 100 years you built it all up after the 100 years is up they have a free building and everything you've done to it and all they have to do is rent it out again there that's a win-win-win for them let's not like talk about this too much i don't want wall street to get a word of it <laughs> you know? yeah yep anyways it says, right, it doesn't belong to you. They can take it back and, and it's for tiny homes. Yeah. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Oh, so like a tiny home community. Yeah. Mm, no, 
I don't know about that. Unless the unless it was like a unless it was a, a tiny home that was on wheels that could be removed and the lot would belong to you for a hundred years. But then again, like if you're making all the improvements on it, you've you've done all the well and the electricity, it's not connected to sewage and you did a well on there. Mm, I don't know about that. Mm -mm, nope. Yep. Texas is doing it in Tennessee. I sent out, I sent you some links. All right, Debbie, I'll take a look at those. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. This is a, you know, if you haven't, like, I don't even, I feel like I'm rambling today. I'm so sorry because I'm so tired. I'm going to be much better next week. I will have a guest for you and we'll, we'll talk about something a little bit more uh, organized. I, I feel like I'm totally out to lunch. I can't get my thoughts together. <laughs> I swear I haven't been drinking. It's just lack of sleep. It makes you crazy. <laughs> if you need to get a hold of me next week, just go ahead and go to my um to my my website, click on one of the pink buttons, and I will gladly get back with you. I can get back to you this week. I actually have I've got my life back and <laughs> all the craziness has ended for a while. So just go ahead and fill out one of those um those buttons right there, fill out one of those lines and I will get back to you as soon as I can. I can't talk today. This is embarrassing. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> I promise I'll be better next week. I promise. <laughs> if you want to listen to this mess of a live stream, you can listen to it on the podcast. <laughs> you can get it from Spotify. You can get it from anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm right there. Just look for real estate for everyone with Christina Smallhorn. And then you guys can have a group discussion on how I sound totally out of my tree this week. <laughs> At least I admit it, man. At least I admit it. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for being a part of the stream. Next week, I promise I'll be better. I hope you have a fantastic week and I wish you nothing but good times. And don't forget, if you live in a hurricane area, I'm pre-warning you right now. Just get all your supplies ahead of time. Do it now. Do it now. I mean, it's the time. School started. This is the perfect opportunity for you to get those, uh, just a little extra, little extra can goods, you know? Little extra glow sticks from Home Depot. That way you don't have to worry about your kids running around you know, wanting to light candles and stuff. I don't think anybody really does that anymore, but don't light candles during a power outage recipe for disaster what else oh bug spray you know get yourself some bug spray I'm trying to think of all the things that i need water you can always use water there's no harm in having extra water around your house and it's you know things that can use even after hurricane season so just wanted you guys to be careful i've been thinking about that a lot lately that gulf is warm man so so long everybody bye bye be safe